Hey guys, we are back and we are live. My name is Richard Kaufman, also known as the Comeback Coach. Guys, thank you for joining us. Vertical Momentum. Love you guys. Thank you so much for everything, for all you guys do for us. We have another amazing episode that we're going to be talking about paradigm shifting. How to shift your mindset from not being a loser, but not exactly winning. And we're going to be talking about winning paradigm winning mindset with a, a Marine. I never say former Marine. I learned my lesson with an amazing Marine and now business owner and podcaster. But first, I want to thank our sponsors. As you guys know, my sponsors are 100% veterans, 100% of the time. If you know anybody struggling with any mental health issues, definitely reach out to Tammy Moses from The Hoarding Solution. She also helps people that have hoarding issues. So definitely check out Tammy Moses. And if you like anything nice in your house that's made out of wood, definitely reach out to Ballish Woodworks, Kurt Ballish. He actually made uh, a cutting board for my wife on Mother's Day and is the only cutting board my wife will use. So make sure you check out Ballish from Ballish Woodworks. Kurt, Tammy, love you guys. Guys, this is going to be a great episode because as you guys know, the show is all about resiliency. It's all about coming back. And this guy has come back from tragedy to triumph. Brother, welcome to the show. How are you doing? What's going on? And I love your podcast. I've been soaking it up. I think it's truly amazing. Oh, thank, thank you so much, brother. I really appreciate you having me on for number one. Um, and number two, I really appreciate your support as well. You've kind of helped me out while I'm starting off. And, you know, we linked up and from there, you know, you gave me some advice. So I've really appreciated you, you know, helping me out here starting this brand. So now talk to us, give us a little, a quick down and dirty, you know, talk to us about where you grew up, what your home life was like, because I know it wasn't exactly great. And then yes. tell us about military service. Thank you, brother. Uh, so originally I'm from Fresno, California, moved around a little bit to like smaller towns around there. Split household. My parents split when I was about three, almost four years old. Um, and from there, it was just they were too young in the mind. Um, they were about 21, 22 when they had me. But the way that they were thinking, you know, was just party, party, party mindset. So a lot of the occurrences I had early on in life um, caused me to grow up pretty quick because it was the way that they were thinking about life and the way that they, you know, acted where it was just off impulse. They drank a lot. And then again, you know, with me was all these small little things in um, going to years of counseling, trying to get that right, you know, and figuring out, hey, you know, there's it isn't something. It's just all these little things that have changed me. So for me, um, ended up in high school, I ended up getting kicked out of my house with my stepdad because, uh just different type minded people. You know, we thought totally differently and they had these traditional views, which there's nothing wrong with them, but it was just when you start growing up, you start experiencing things and you start questioning. And it was like, I would ask them those questions of, Hey, why do we act that way? Why do we say you can only dress this way? You can't act that way. Why don't we preach? You know, if, if I can be myself and then when someone asks me and I treat them with fairness, dignity, and respect, it's a little bit different. You know, then they're going to see me as a person versus what I look like. So it was a lot dealing with these internal problems. Um, and then from there, I ended up saving my life and going to the Marine Corps. Um, and what was funny was I ended up calling my recruiter and I was like, hey, brother, yeah, we need to um, get me going. Um, we need to figure out what's going to happen. 
I'm, I'm at my friend's house sleeping. I can probably stay here a month, you know, and it was kind of funny before for the past two years, um, I was always going to my friend's house and staying there just so I wouldn't necessarily be home because I knew that that's where that conflict would happen is something would be said. And I was a hothead. So I was just always engaging in that conflict. And with the way I grew up, me and my dad would always get confrontational face to face. And then with my stepdad was the same way. So I would try to prevent these measures. And that's where the kind of paradigm shifting started. Um, so I got into the Marine Corps. Oh, wait, then, what made you choose the Marine Corps? What, why did you go Army, Navy, Air Force? Good. That is a good question. Um, wanted to go Air Force, Navy, but my ASVAB score was too low. <laughs> so it was kind of funny. Um, I retook my ASVAB and then flunked it. And my recruiter's like, yeah, this didn't happen. We're just going to go after the first. So we ended up sticking the first. Um, and what was funny is I wanted to be corn uh, and go to the Navy. And when I went to the Navy recruiter, he's like, your ASVAB score is too low, you know, and try to redirect it into something else I can do. And um, from there, it was just irritating me because he was telling me I couldn't do what I wanted to do. And I needed to get that score up. But it was like he no longer wanted to talk to me if I wanted to keep going that way or he was redirecting it to something else. And then um, funny thing, Army recruiter actually showed up to my house one day. And, uh, he like walked up to the front door. My stepdad is an Army vet. So it was kind of funny. My stepdad's like, oh, you chose the right branch to be here. So we're like having a, um, a talk, me, him, my mom. And he's talking about how I could be like a HVAC mechanic in, in the army and then take that skill when I get out. And it was cool and all, but it was just like, that's not what I wanted to do. You know, I was either thinking infantry or supply. And I don't know why it was just one or the other, but <laughs> that, that was me. Um, and then the Marine Corps recruiter came by. My dad's a Marine. And the Marine Corps recruiter was like, hey, do you want to come work out with us? And I was like, wait, you're not going to sell me first? He's like, nope, you come over here. You work out with us because I wrestled year round. Um, so from there, he was like, you work out with us. I got you. And um, yeah, that's exactly what happened. You know, they picked me up, went to go talk to him. I worked out with them I'm like this is easy. I can keep doing it. And then from there, um, enlisted in the Marine Corps straight after high school, ended up shipping out three months early. So month after high school, right before that happened, my best friend died. So I already you know, was starting my journey, but had to start it with different odds because we had four years mapped out where we were planning. You know, he was going to college. I was going to go to the Marine Corps, but we we're going to link up. And then he ends up passing. So that was kind of the first shift of my mindset of I got to realize I got to take the time in my life, you know, and figure out what's important to me and make it important. Um, so got in the Marine Corps, went through boot camp, uh, MOS school in Mississippi, Ended up getting to San Diego to Marine Corps Air Station Miramar. And then from there, was there three weeks, got sent to 20, our, um, WTI, Weapons Tactics Instructor Training, out in Yuma for two and a half months. So I wasn't even at my unit for three months. Go to Yuma for two and a half, get done there, go back to San Diego for a week, get sent out to 29 Palms for two months for some more training. Um, and then from there, got back to my unit for about four months. We ended up deploying to Kuwait for about six months. After that, my unit moved to Hawaii. And then from there, um, what was kind of funny was my old me plan of, hey, we're going to establish uh, a new unit from the ground up was what was happening. And they were like, do you want to be part of it? And I was like, yeah, I don't want to leave California. I'm from California originally. I don't think I want to be trapped on an island. And then I look at it at the roster one day. It looks like she switched her orders. 
So she ends up going to Hawaii. I become um, E4 corporal, got promoted the day of, became the operations and training chief. And that's where kind of the business um, clicked in my head. One and two, me actually learning leadership as direct exposure. So from there, um, tasked with training about three Marines. So I had to show them exactly everything what to do, implemented programs, procedures, and operations and training, briefed my CEO weekly on the flight schedule, any operations trainings we needed. Um, and then from there, you know, was just mentoring my Marines. And that's kind of, again, you know, what helped me was I was going through a lot of personal things at that time as well. Um, and then from there was, you know, being able to see that if I were able to mentor somebody, show my Marines, hey, this is the right way, you know, and be able to teach them these little things, little by little, what was going to, that was what was going to help me ultimately. Um, so I ended up being my own boss for about a year. And then um, during that time, I tore a lot of the cartilage in my right knee. So from there, um, I got pulled off a meritorious sergeant board. So it's kind of funny was I was already, you know, up there going to promote ego high. I'm like, I'm the best thing in the world. I'm the number one in the unit. I'm about to win, you know, meritorious. And from there, it's going to take off. Um, so I hurt my knee, pulled me off the board. And that's where, you know, I hit my lowest. Um, and it was tough for me because I went from, you know, accomplishing everything, anything that I needed. I was my own boss, my own man talking, you know, was able to communicate with anybody. And it was kind of funny in the Marine Corps because a lot of times with officers, people are scared to talk to them because you have to be extremely professional. And for me, I work with them on the daily so I was able to talk to them and say, hey, you know, hey, sir, could you please help us out with this and be able to communicate? So um, from there, you know, is where I developed all those skills. Um, unfortunately, had to get out the Marine Corps because I couldn't get surgery on my right knee. I actually whittled it down in my last three weeks. And then from there, they were like, hey, you either run two physical fitness tests and a combat fitness test or you get out. And I was like, I haven't ran in the past two years. I can't squat. My knee's not healthy. My mind wasn't right um, because, again, I started hitting that low spot where it was like, what am I going to do next? So what I did to help myself throughout that time was I started my business degree, um, business management degree. And I said, hey, at least I'm going to do this and stick with it. So it's a fallback plan. So I've been going to school ever since finishing up next year. Um, and then from there, got into some home improvement sales, which is a great learning experience. It was tough, um, not for the week. It was something that, you know, people that were veterans in that industry do because they know the selling points. And for me, I had to learn everything from scratch. So definitely for me was difficult initially because I'm over here trying to sell HVAC, trying to sell windows. I had no clue what either things were, you know, how they worked. So I was talking to our mechanics. Um, and then from there, ended up losing more money than I was making. So I went into work at a mortgage brokerage. And that was where, you know, I started taking those leaps. And sales wise, I was crushing it. And then from there, you know, personally, um, me and my wife went through a miscarriage during that time. So another thing, my grandfather died. Um, so another big portion that weighed on me. I ended up failing my mortgage brokerage exam three times because I was taking some MBA level classes while I was trying to juggle all these things. And what I figured out with myself was it's not that I'm a failure or I can't pass this. It's that I'm doing way too many things at once. So that was when my wife sat me down and she's like, hey, do you understand how you're feeling? She's like, you're all over the place. You're trying to accomplish all these different goals versus, you know, setting it out. Hey, let's work on school. Let's work on home life. Um, if you want to start a business, start researching it. And that was where, you know, I took off, started reading, 
and then into the current times. Um, again, you know, throughout our lives, we have all those defining moments where it's either fight or flight. You either make or break it, right? So with the winner's paradigm and how that came about was I was just thinking no one's going to care. You know, no one's going to want to listen to the podcast because I haven't done much. And that was where I shifted it. You know, when I started thinking to myself, why don't we just talk about what's happening currently? You know, and I'm going to interview people who've been there, who have accomplished it, and then be able to get them to tell us what we're missing. I'll be able to disclose exactly uh, my personal failures, my experiences to help out somebody. And I just dropped this weekend and it was kind of amazing because that was my fear, was fear of rejection. Someone's going to judge me. Someone's going to say, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. And I actually had some people reach out and they were like, hey, brother, thank you. I've been in a dark place. You've helped me out. Um, and for me, you know, a lot of the times I had a big, big, big drinking problem in the military. And um, it was one of those things that I never realized until, you know, I went again, went around civilians and then they're like, hey, uh, you just want to keep going. And I'm like, yeah, that's what we do. You know, we I, we just keep drinking. And I'm like not thinking that I actually had a problem, you know, and I actually had to fix it. It was ruining my marriage um, or this was before me and my wife got married. But um, it was ruining a relationship at a time. And then now, you know, I was able to say, hey, I was able to do it and I can be able to control myself now if I'm ever in that situation again. All right, guys, we got to go. Great story. You know, uh, that's I love your story. But, um, there's so much, you know, so many different aspects. But first, I want to go back because, you know, I just I'm releasing an interview today with a retired Green Beret and he was a wrestler in school and we talked about how it helped him in his military career because a lot of times in wrestling, you know, um, the events normally occur during Thanksgiving and everybody else is eat chowing down and you're sucking on icicles, eating Turkey with no, with nothing on it. And it takes a lot of discipline for a wrestler. So talk to us, did that wrestling mentality help you in the military? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm a little extreme when it came to wrestling. I wasn't the best wrestler, um, but I made sure, you know, to put the time in. And for me, you know, it was digging down. I mean, I was cutting 20 pounds a week, my freshman or excuse me, my sophomore, junior year, high school. So like you said, when it hit Thanksgiving, I hated that holiday because that's my favorite holiday. And all I wanted to do was eat. But instead, you know, that's where discipline happens. And you're like, all right, well, I can eat this, but then I have to go run. So it got so bad to one point I was running 16 miles a day because I was trying to lose so much weight. Um, and then ultimately my senior year, I ran into that roadblock where it was I was cutting so much, but I didn't take care of my body, which led to, you know, another universal truth in the military that you're going to get hurt and you need to take care of yourself. So it was, you know, readapting um, from there and making sure that I can be able to take care of myself. So when I got into the military, same exact mentality, you're pushing, pushing, pushing. Sometimes you feel like no one cares. People do care. You got to reach out. Um, but it was the same mentality, you know, especially when it hit deployment. I'd say that definitely helped me because everything there was so fast paced and um, lives were on the line so that everybody was freaking out and screaming all the time. Um, so for me, it was like I was able to relax a little bit. I'm not going to say that I wasn't subject to that uh, energy, but yeah, definitely, you know, helped me as a person and now able to see it was like, hey, if I'm able to put my body through those pains, not eating, barely sleeping, joints are hurting, whole body hurts and being able to get through that, you can get through anything. So boot camp, I can't drill. So that's my one bad flaw is I'm uncoordinated, probably one of the most uncoordinated people you ever meet. 
So I could not drill worth anything, but I would do 30 pull-ups and they would be yelling at me and come over here. Okay, I'll do this. This is easy. And uh, that was kind of my mentality that got me through all that was I felt like I already went through the hard things in life. So when I got there, it was just executing it. And don't get me wrong, it was still rough, but again, it's all mindset. And when you're going through it and it, and it sucks, you just got to think about it. Oh, this is easy. This is cake. And then you got to say it out loud. And when you tell other people this is easy and it's a difficult time, they're going to look at you and they're going to be like, what's wrong with this guy? And it's all mindset because then you start exerting that energy and they start seeing that and they're going to be like, you know what? It is pretty easy. And that's how you're able to, you know, work together with your brothers, get through it. All right. So now you, you spend some, some a good amount of time in the military. Um, you, you try to be, be the man. You try to um, become that Marine, become that ultimate Marine. And then injury happens. And one day they tell you, all right, nice to see you. Wouldn't want to be you. You're out of here. And no long, and you're no longer a member of the United States Marine Corps. What was that like? Because you know, a lot of people that I've talked to, when they get out of the military, they lose their mission, they lose the camaraderie, and they they don't know who they are. Absolutely. So, what was your transition? Uh, good question. Um, so it was tough. I still battled that over a year. I mean, I've been out almost next year is going to be two years. So about a year and a half right now. And for that year, I battled that because it was again, that identity of you did so much things while you're in, no one cares once you get out, you know, it's, it's, if you talk to them and you tell them about what you did, then they're going to be able to say, it. but employers, you know, they look on paper. And if you don't have the skills, if you don't have that experience, like for me, I have four years. So I put four years sales, four years marketing, was able to get into um, positions just based off of experience I did while I was in. But I still had that fight of, you know, going to these entry level positions. And then from there, um, demographic, right? So when I did home improvement sales, everybody was twice my age, 10, 15 years older. And then I go work into a mortgage brokerage with all kids that are like 18, 19, 20. And I'm already further along, you know, more mature. So I'm talking to them. And then it's like having to explain myself and explain who you are and what, you know, and there was one time where um, a kid who was like 19 years old, making six figures, you know, just cocky because he's young. He doesn't know, you know, about the value of money and kind of where he came from was a little bit different too. Um, and I, I act more humble, you know, so he was telling me like, oh, you're just some punk that was in the military. And then I like stopped, you know, and it clicked in my head. And I'm like, don't. I'm like, actually, you don't know. And I was like, well, let me give you a little breakdown. When I was 16, you know, I would sleep on my friends' couches, never really wanted to go home. From there, got into the military. Um, and then from there, you know, it was never that waiting on somebody else thing. They were like, nope, you're a leader. You better take care of this. I, I was an E3 leading E4s. And I was telling everybody what to do because they already seen that in me. So I'm like, the fact is now transitioning out, you have to explain it to certain people and they don't understand and it was, you know, that um, mindset again of me, you know, thinking of wanting more, pushing myself. And then again, certain things that you say in front of people they are like, oh, you read books, you're a nerd. That's dumb. And if you don't prepare for it, you know, and you think that and you fall into those tricks with them, then it's easy, you know, to get that. So at one point in time, I was like, yeah, I can 
I'm cool. I don't need to be doing this. I can be just like them because they're making six figures. I can do the same. And it was like, no, that's not the way you act. You know, it's different because in our cases, we've been through other things. We're going to use it to our advantage. So again, it was reshifting and realizing, hey, that is good for them. But for me, this is what it is. You know, and this is where I come from. This is who I am. This is what I work through. So it was tough in that aspect of, you know, being stripped down per se of who you were before re-identifying yourself and then saying, how do I go from here on out and how do I help people? Okay. So now let's talk about that. Cause you know, you don't know what you don't know. Absolutely. So for me, I'm constantly reading, constantly listening to podcasts, audio books. Um, so talk to us about how do you actually go about shifting your mental paradigm? Good, good question there. Um, so this is something that started when, when I was in, I almost, I almost started uh, Amway and being one of their representatives because one of my buddies that was in the Marine Corps with me is like, oh yeah, I have a, I have a job, a proposition. We can make money. So I go to these meetings with him. I have three of them. My wife even sat in for one. I felt so bad for her because it took two hours. Um, but it was first they were like, here, here's this book and start reading it. Up until that point in my life, I never touched a book. I was like, I'm not going to read this. Why would I need to? Um, and when I read that, that's when it clicked for me. And I was just like, oh, there's so much knowledge in here. Um, so audiobooks was the first way I got introduced after that. And what I did is I just found someone I liked my whole life. Um, my favorite rapper was 50 Cent. So I just looked at it and I listened to his audiobook. And it was amazing because he took what happened to him on the street and then put it in that book and was talking about how it helped him in the commercial world now, commercial business, and was talking about how a lot of those same principles are from the art of war, 48 laws of power. Um, and from there, I was like, oh, and for me, I had two bosses in the Marine Corps that were just stubborn as heck, you know, and everything was right in their eyes. And my last month in the Marine Corps, I was upset at myself because I was reading the 48 laws of power. And I realized I could have easily, you know, one with my boss, if I would have just gave her what she wanted, you know, if we're outside my master, and I would have continued saying, Hey, you know, you're amazing. You know what, I think you should go in the staff meeting and talk about something that you have no clue about. But instead, before, you know, I was so reluctant, I wanted to fight against it, and prove her wrong that I wasn't using strategy. So that was kind of the kicker for me was, oh, and I told one of my Marines that recently, uh, we had lunch, and I was like, hey, I'm upset at myself because these are things I should have known earlier on and I should have read about because once I learned that, it was easy. You know, in that last month, I was just telling her and even before I was like, hey, these are the problems we need to fix. And I was like, you either fix it or you don't. And they unfortunately, they didn't. But it was, you know, learning from there for me. So with the winner's paradigm um, and recalibrating your paradigm is just simple. You know, you're going to think about exactly what you're looking for in life, you know, where you want to be at. And then you start evaluating, you know, your inner circle, um, who you surround yourself with, because I'm a big believer in that. I feel like when I was, you know, drinking a lot, it was because I was hanging out with people who wanted to drink all the time. And then when I don't hang out with them, oh, you're a square now. And it's just like, yeah, I go to A to Z, you know. And then from there, when I was hanging out with people who were successful, you know, I was having more success. Or um, when I did home improvement sales, one of the other gentlemen took me under his wing. So from there, me and him would talk every day, every time we would sell and only times we would sell is together because we work so well together and we would coach each other up. So it was, you know, surrounding yourself with those good people, eliminating those toxic relationships, 
Um, Because for me, I had a lot of it, whether it was from my family, friends, um, just people being people, you know, and you got to forgive them. And it was, you know, holding on to hate. I had so much hate in my heart because I felt like I needed to prove everybody wrong. And I felt like um, no one understood, never really took the time to kind of dissolve all these problems. So when I really sat down to it and I was like, what am I looking for? Um, that was where it kind of clicked to me. And it was like, I just want peace. I just want to be happy and be me. So it was like, I'm going to do that. And if you have a problem with it, okay, you know what? I'm going to take a time out. You do you for right now. I'm going to do me. I'm going to be respectful because that's the person I am. I'm not going to go back to my old ways, you know, and get confrontational or start, you know, doing something where I lose that judgment of character. So that's where that winning uh, winner's paradigm, it's really creating those habits of winning and looking at what winners do. Well, they always look to get better. You know, when you look at any high celebrity athlete, any successful person, when they get to that goal, it's what's next. And for me, one of my mentors was like that was um, I got a Navy, Navy and Marine Corps achievement medal. And he texted me that day. He's like, Hey, what's next? And he's like, okay, that's today. We, we can, you know, be happy in the moment, but what's happening tomorrow? What are you doing? Are you just going to keep living in the heyday? And that's where I was like, oh, you know, you're right. I need to figure out what's going to be next, what's going to happen, and what's going to help me there. And, and in my case, you know, just getting this podcast kicked off, I'm telling you, it's so much more refreshing being able to have that purpose, know exactly what you're doing. And then from there, you know, being able to execute it when you have all that positive energy where now I don't even have anyone around me that's going to tell me no. They're going to tell me exactly you know what I need to hear, number one, and number two, be able to give you that guidance to help you out as well. You know, and I love that. I, love that. Um, I interviewed a guy named Rich Devaney, Navy SEAL. I don't know what happened. I think we just lost him. But, uh, boom, where's your... I don't know what happened, but we're back on again. But like I said, I interviewed a guy named Rich Devinney, retired Navy SEAL. And I asked him, I said, you know, talk, tell us something that the Navy SEALs do that the average person doesn't do. He says, in the Navy, in, in any part of the, in the Navy SEALs or um, anytime you're on, say, you're in battle, you know, you can only either cry for three minutes or you can be happy for three minutes, but then you got to move on. Absolutely. And like you said, a lot of people have been, um, you know, they rest on their laurels or what they were or what they want to be. You know, if they fail in something that they consider it a total failure. And I think, you know, people that are listening, if you guys are struggling with that stuff, whatever, if you're having a bad day, all right, cry about it for three minutes and then just let it go and move on. Cause you know, there's so much more ahead of you instead of just worrying about what's behind you. So give us a few steps. We have a couple minutes left. Give us a few steps. If somebody right now is getting out of the military and they want to start their own business, what are some of your suggestions for them? Number one, networking. Um, I had that opportunity. I had a financial advisor actually contact me. And um, what was funny was this gentleman hit, hit me up right when I got out of the service and he wasn't trying to you know, get me to be a client. He was like, hey, brother, I see you're transitioning out of the military. Do you need anything? And from there, 
Um, so from there, I met the financial advisor, you know, who asked me, hey, brother, you're transitioning out. Do you need anything? Um, and it was pretty awesome from there because I had help from that individual helping me network through LinkedIn as well as um, the education center um, from when I was going through the transitioning classes. They actually got me in a couple calls with um, I was looking to do brewery sales when I got out initially. So I was talking to a lot of business owners in the area. Um, and I was able to expand my network, you know, just learning from them. I ended up meeting a guy that owns all the Dunkin' Donuts in um, San Diego. So it was pretty awesome, you know, having these conversations. But I definitely say networking, you know, just learn people who have connections because that's really what gets you places. And then from there, you know, you're going to want to get in LinkedIn groups, Facebook groups, because again, people are going to have these answers. And if you go in these groups, all you have to really do, you know, is look at who's engaging in it. And then from there, hey, you know, see somebody comment. Hey, brother, I see you did this. You know, um, can you answer a couple questions? Take the time. And that's where they're going to be able to help you out to um, just be thorough with your plan and commit. That's that's the one thing I would say, you know, for me, it was, oh, I'm going to do this, you know, and oh, this is going to be temporary until I get my degree. And I realized it is temporary. And then you hit that roadblock where you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. So just make sure whatever you're doing, you know, you're committing to it. And for me, you know, it shifted. I've had multiple jobs, came into one now that I love. And then I started the podcast, you know, and that's where I was able to get thorough with that plan and say, hey, this is what's going to be the next step. Um, and then three, I would just say, you know, make sure you have some support system, um, whether it means, you know, reaching out to your old buddies, checking up on them, making sure you have that, you know, you need that time to decompress because you're going through a lot. You need those people who are going to be there, you know, and talk to. So for me, it was my grandfather. He passed. It went to my father-in-law. And then, you know, now it's networking. So I have, you know, multiple people that I talk to and I'm like, hey, brother, I need something. Do you want to hear me out? Do I sound okay? And those are the people you're going to want because they're going to be able to look through whether it's a resume, check it out and be like, hey, brother, you need to fix this and just give you, you know, the real one-on-one on what you need to do to get better. And in transitioning, that would be, you know, the easiest thing to get you to where you need to be is at least you're going to have someone looking at another pair of eyes on it and saying, hey, you know, you're in a good path, you know, maybe let's revise it and then you can be able to get that assistance. So that is also what I'm here for as well. And I'm doing with my podcast is helping out anybody who needs anything. Okay. Last two questions I have. How do we find you and how can we support your mission? I, I appreciate you, brother. Um, so you can find me on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Winner's Paradigm Podcast. And then there's also Winner's Paradigm Podcast Group on Facebook. So that is where we get to know each other on a personal level. And I get to ask those personal questions to you guys. Say, hey, you know, what could we do? Or excuse me, what is one thing in your past that you've done that was able to elevate your game? And it either means, you know, a mindset change whether it means, you know, working out and we're able to go through those actual questions together. And then number two, um, I'm also putting a link in there where you can be able to check out all the books, any uh, resources that I've used that are made me successful. I'm going to be able to share with you guys. Okay. Last question. If there's somebody out there, because I'm, I've been clean now 33 years without that is amazing. All. If there's somebody out there struggling with addiction or their mental health, what is something they can do in the next 24 hours to start to get some help? That is amazing. And thank, I, I'm proud of you, brother, for being clean that long. Um, take out a piece of paper and start jotting some things down. And that's where you're going to be able to figure out 
okay, what what is important to you? What is your why, right? You can't, or excuse me, you got to know the who before the why. So you got to know who you are. Whatever you want to be, whatever you think, write that down on that piece of paper and then say, am I living up to it? And then from there, you know, write down what and start looking at these stressors and from there. Um, and then from the mental health perspective, you know, you got to vent and kind of figure out what's holding you back, whether that means, you know, going to counseling, talking, that's what's going to be able to actually help you get through that time is you're going to need that person who's you're not going to like and is going to say you have a problem, you need to change. And when you write everything on a paper and you're able to see, you know, somewhat clearly, okay, yeah, maybe I am losing relationships because I keep drinking too much. Maybe I am, you know, slacking off at work. Maybe I lost the job. And that's where you're going to be able to reevaluate it and say, hey, you know, what do I want to be? How do I take a step? And then from there, you got to be able to, you know, find that positive um, outlet that you're able to decompress, you know, and be able to channel it, whether it means, you know, um, taking a walk every day and just admiring where you're at, you know, thinking about where you came from, where you are today, and that it's not the end, you know, you can still change it and be able to work on yourself. So I love it guys. So make sure you check out the winner's paradigm podcast, anywhere you get your podcast guys want to thank Tammy Moses, Kurt Ballish. You guys do amazing work. If you guys are listening to this and you've got something out of it, leave a comment. So, um, we can actually, we'll actually get back to you. Re- leave us a review on iTunes. Everything we do is for free. We don't get paid. But so if you want to pay us, just leave us a review so people know where to come when they need help. Brother, I want to say thank you so much. I'm so grateful for you. And thank you for being a friend and now somebody in my inner circle. Oh, absolutely, brother. Anything you need. I mean, I know I'm going to be contacting you with some questions. I'm having you on tomorrow. So Anything you guys ever need, brother, I'm here for you guys. All right, guys, remember, we got swag available. You can also sign up for our newsletter where you'll never miss um, another episode. And if you join our newsletter, you will get information to promote your for promoting your business that you'll get from nowhere else. So it's a free newsletter. Make sure you sign up. And remember, guys, vertical momentum, the only way to go is but. Thank you for joining us today. Please hit subscribe and share. Please feel free to leave us a comment.